Good morning and welcome to our worship for Sunday the 18th of October. We continue to meet both together in church for some and online for others. But as well as the audio recordings on our website, you might be interested to know that we've been working on video recordings of the services in church and they should be available on the church website under the prayer resources tab. If you have any needs at this time, maybe even for a prescription to be picked up or some groceries, um, but also if there are any pastoral emergencies, then please feel free to contact me at the manse number. Let us take a moment to be still now and draw near to God in worship. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Lord, we thank you for the autumn sun, for the beautiful colours and the changing light. Thank you for the beauty and the wonder of your creation all around us. We praise you for your wonderful works, for everything you have given us so richly to enjoy. We praise you for our own creation as men and women made in your image with minds to know you and hearts to love you and wills to obey you. Thank you for having loved us to the point of having sent your Son to redeem us. Redeeming God, who is renewing all things, make us new by your Spirit. Reshape our lives through the experience of the, of the period of the pandemic. Release us from old habits that lock down our lives. Renew in us your rhythms of fullness of life. Refresh our lives with joy, hope, peace, patience and prayer. Ingrain in us service of others in place of selfishness. Generous love instead of greedy living. May we see more of the old gone and the new here. Work in us by your Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Bible reading for today is taken from the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, and we're reading verses 1 to 13. Let us hear the word of God. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but 
Rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. I have a friend who works in Kent for a large global mission organisation and every now and again I get his prayer letters and his news by email. In the latest one he began by saying how he's recently watched an animated version of Pilgrim's Progress. He was struck afresh by one part where the character Christian comes to the end of the road and asks a man which way he should go. The man replies that he should keep his eyes fixed on the light coming from the celestial city and that will be his guide. The man continues telling Christian that it's important he should not be distracted by other things in the path but to keep his focus on the light. It's a story that reminds us in this time of so much uncertainty when we hardly know what's happening from one week to the next, to keep our eyes fixed on that point on the horizon. I remember in Timor when travelling on the very winding roads through the mountains, if you allowed yourself to get distracted, you could very easily get queasy in the car. People often used to say, keep your eyes fixed on a fixed point ahead. And sure enough, it worked. The sickness eased when you trained your eyes on the horizon. Many people have mentioned to me over the past months that the hardest thing to deal with in this pandemic is not knowing when it will end. There's no goal in sight yet. Nothing to fix your eyes on or your hope on. And so it's so easy, isn't it, to get weary and bogged down, maybe even a little bit resentful by all that's happening in the world. But Christians have a hope that transcends all of that. They've got a goal, a destination in sight, a fixed point on the horizon. As Paul put it in Philippians 3, I press on towards that goal to win the prize to which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
For Christians, there's always that fixed point on the horizon on which to focus our eyes. And that, that helps us see, well, actually, even though the, the going may be rough at the moment, this is just a short section on our journey, on our longer journey towards God's prize. It will pass. Look at the light from the celestial city. Let it guide you. Let it give you direction as you chart your path through these days. Focusing our eyes on that goal gives us new perspective on the present circumstances. God has a long-term goal and he's working right now among all the mess towards that goal. And you can share in what he's doing if you just keep your eyes steady and fixed on the prize, on the goal. And when you have this different perspective on life, you're going to live like you're a citizen of that eternal city or kingdom. You'll not miss the little opportunities all around you to share that hope that you have. People will see it. Opportunities to show God's compassion in the now and little acts of helping and giving and praying and phone calls and persevering for a little while with all that we're being asked to do in caring for one another. In this time when loving your neighbour can mean something as simple as wearing a face mask or for a while not doing all of those things that are so intuitive for us in Northern Ireland like going to somebody's home or giving them a hug, all good things but habits that we're being asked to break with and to sacrifice just for a little while for a greater good. When you're tempted to grow weary, just look to that long-term goal. Just as we Christians are called to look to the light of the celestial city and keep your eyes on God's prize. Focus on the goal. We've come to the end today of a little series I've been following through, helping us as a church to look at the past seven months from different perspectives in light of what God's word has to say to us. Keeping our eyes focused on the goal to which Christ has called us. And today we arrive at Romans 12. And I would like us to think about how God might use the experience of this pandemic to transform us and change us in line with his will for us. After all, change and transformation should be nothing new for Christians. It says in verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And 2 Corinthians 5, there we're reminded that in Christ we are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us a work of recreation making things new in accordance with God's will and purpose. This week has been a very sober one for many people, news that they didn't want to hear, especially for those in business. And it would be easy to get distracted and fall into despair. But as always, God has a bigger picture. If we can just see on the horizon, the vision that he holds before us, that somehow we might come through this time and these challenges leading fuller lives, 
the kind of fullness of life that Jesus promised those who follow him, keeping their eyes on the goal. An opportunity for God to re-sculpt and remake us, to remake our church and our world. There might be old habits that we're being asked to break with for a while, but there are new ones too, aren't there, that we're rediscovering, maybe good habits and patterns being laid down. A wee bit like trees near the coast or on a hillside sculpted by the wind, a force unseen but very real, the Holy Spirit shapes us, often using the various experiences that we go through in life, good and bad, all working together for the good of those who love the Lord and belong to him, all working to God's end goal. And like all analogies, those pictures of trees break down a little bit because often wind is damaging to trees. It can topple trees. But God doesn't want to damage us. Far from it. He wants us to flourish. And the wind of his spirit doesn't blow against us, but blows with us for our good and for God's glory. But that re-sculpting work can only happen when we're humble when we're receptive to all that God wants to do in us. One of the effects of the pandemic is the way that it has stripped away so much of the scaffolding of routine within which our daily life takes place. So many little things that we we do on autopilot just switched off overnight with the next bit of government legislation. Our visits to the homes of friends and family our going out for coffee, the relentless demands and challenge of work and daily commute. Overnight, those routines and patterns can be just taken away and those habits, through no choice of our own, shed their power over our days. Maybe if we share this experience with God, it can become an opportunity for our lives to be re-sculpted, reshaped into what he wants them to be. A moment not to be missed, to review how our lives might be renewed and might be better. Maybe over the past months there are new habits that have already emerged or begun to emerge in your life, like making more time for God in prayer and allowing him to speak to you through his word. Perhaps during this time already you've discovered a renewed appreciation of the need to serve others. It was evidence in the renewed recognition of the value of healthcare and other frontline workers and in the way neighbours looked out for one another, almost like buried Christian values upon which our society is founded appeared above the surface again as layers of selfish living were overturned by the experience of shared suffering. Maybe too, you've had time and opportunity to discover a fresh appreciation of God's creation and our duty to care for it. Paul in Romans 12 talks about the Christian pattern of serving others in the church, doing what we can for one another with the gifts that God has given us to share. And what starts in our church life becomes then a pattern for how we live in every relationship and setting of life, loving one another, showing God's compassion 
togetherness in community, putting the needs of others before our own desires. Joy, hope, patience, prayer, forgiveness, harmony, peace, restraint and goodness. God patiently reshaping us according to his goal for the world. We as Christians should always keep that vision before us, the vision of Christ's kingdom, the celestial city. We have had the privilege of glimpsing it, of seeing what can be and of seeing what will be. And surely that gives us hope and renewed motivation to live out, to live it out and to share it. The other night I watched the new David Attenborough film on Netflix, Life on Our Planet, a very powerful, very moving plea that David Attenborough calls his witness statement. If you can watch it, watch it. He's someone who has led a, a very unique life with opportunities afforded to none other to witness since the 1950s the Earth's rich diversity of life and also its extremely rapid decline. At one point in the film, he's been interviewed by Christine Lagarde, president of the European Central Bank and former chair of the IMF, and she puts it to him, but you're now in your 90s, you could happily retire. And David explains the unbelievable luck and good fortune he has had, the amazing things he has had the opportunity to witness. How could I not speak? How could I, having seen what I have seen, having seen the problems, how could I simply decide to ignore them? I would certainly feel very guilty. David Attenborough, who as far as I know is not a believer in God, but nevertheless clearly has a vision in mind of how things can be better. That it's not too late if people change their habits. That there's a brief window of opportunity, as he says. What a message for us in these days. To us who've not just been lucky, but who have been blessed by what we know of God's love and mercy and all that he has done for us. We have tasted his goodness. We are glimpsing the future that he has for us on the horizon. And the gospel goes further and deeper and wider than any mere decision of the human will to change in dealing with the problem of sin in the human heart. May we see each day as a window of opportunity to be open to the Spirit of God in helping us to break with old habits of selfish living and greed and laying down some new life-affirming ones. May we keep our eyes fixed on the prize. Amen. Let us now come before God with our prayers for one another and for our world. Let us pray. Lord, help us to set our affections on things of eternal worth. The things that money can't buy that we may lay up treasure in heaven and may know that 
Even now in possessing you, we possess true riches. Lord, you have warned that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Hear us as we pray for the healing of divisions in the life of our nation. Help us to recognise that the things we have in common are of greater worth than those on which we differ. Lord, deepen our understanding of one another's needs and a respect for one another's opinions and unite us in the common cause of justice and truth and freedom for the glory of your name. Lord, give us compassion at this time, compassion for those facing financial uncertainty and job insecurity. Help them to get the assurances they need. We pray that our time of limited lockdown will be effective in bringing the virus spread under control again and that through our actions and commitment together we might be able to create the conditions where businesses can open again in preparation for Christmas and schools and colleges to continue in delivering education and social formation for our young people. Lord, you are the source of life and energy and wealth. Defend our planet, we pray. Teach us to conserve and not to squander the riches of nature, to use wisely and carefully the heritage of former generations and to plan for the welfare of our children's children. Lord, renew our wonder, awaken our concern, Make us better stewards and more careful tenants of the world you lend us as as our home. Lord, we pray too today for those in need. We pray for the sick, whether the sick in mind or in body, that through your healing power, they might be made whole. We pray for those who are elderly and infirm that they might find their strength renewed as they rest in your love. We pray for those nearing the end of their lives, that they might know your peace right now and right up to the last. Lord, hear our prayers as we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.